Hello! My name is Christina. My name is Emma. And this is Faithful, a podcast where we talk about faith in popular culture and fiction and media. Uh, welcome to 2020, everyone. Yay! Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year! We've had a bit of a rough start, but you know what? That's okay. We still got, you know... Um, I don't feel like doing math. We still have approximately uh, 335 days left. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, since this is the first episode of a new year, uh, we are going to do some fun stuff. And I don't know what, what I was trying to say into with that. We're talking about Doctor Who today. You already saw it in the title of the episode on your podcatcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, if you know anything about me or uh, who I have been as a person, uh, Doctor Who would probably come to mind um, because I, uh, as a kid, was very, very into Doctor Who before it became mainstream. Not to say I liked it before it was cool, but I, I literally did. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, you, you watched it before 2008, essentially. Or even 09. Well, 09 is when it got rebooted. No, is it? I feel like didn't didn't the Ninth Doctor start around like 08, 09? Yes, but it definitely wasn't American mainstream at that point. Mm -hmm. I would say it didn't really hit that point until into um, 2014 or 15? Somewhere around where the 11th Doctor was there. Oh, really? Because I I was hearkening back to my days on Tumblr of yore. Because I was oh, on well, Tumblr in, not... in 2011. And... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, Tumblr yeah. is a completely different animal because there's like... I mean, like, it was British pop culture. And oh, people yeah. knew about it. But, like, I remember being really into Doctor Who and, like, people in real life didn't know what it was. Okay. Or if they did, they didn't know anything about it. Um, and eventually that changed. Like, you can talk about Doctor Who now and people know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But um, at least as a kid, I felt like it that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah. Uh, so just a little, like, overview of what exactly I want to talk about today. Um, I'm going to kind of explain what Doctor Who is. If mm -hmm. I mean, I know we just said it's in the pop culture. And, um, like zeitgeist at this point but i'm still gonna do just a brief overview just in case you don't know anything yeah about it um and then i'm gonna talk about uh why doctor who hit me in like a spiritual place in my heart just from where i came from and like what my church was like mm -hmm. uh, and then i'm gonna talk about one specific episode that i have not been able to stop thinking about since it aired um and uh it's probably one that you haven't watched um, if you're a Doctor Who fan or were at some point, because it was um, a 12th Doctor episode with Clara, and that was kind of when popularity of the show was dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I am very glad that you are going to be doing as much explaining as you will be doing, because I'm someone who has seen maybe 10 episodes total across at least four different Doctors. <laughs> Yeah, and I bet that didn't help un you understand what was happening at all. <laughs> I mean, it gave me context, because Emma had me watch a video clip before we started recording, and it is, it's a very, it like, having having that context will help with the episode, but I was like, okay, uh, here are characters, actually, because I don't think I've seen any of, I, didn't, I don't think I saw any of 12's episodes, mm -hmm. so that's literally the first time I've ever seen him. <laughs> 
Yeah, no. Peter Capaldi is um, the 12th Doctor. He was amazing. And he was snubbed because Stephen Moffat sucks. And he wrote most of his, all of his, um, like, seasons is when Stephen Moffat was the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And um, his writing is just weak and bad. And a lot of people stopped watching Doctor Who because they didn't like his writing. Has has he stepped down from the series? Yes, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, for the uh, 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, who is awesome, and I really mm-hmm. want to get into that um, season yeah. and stuff, but I'm just very behind. I I actually have seen several episodes of the 13th Doctor's, I guess the first season mm-hmm. of the 13th Doctor. Interesting. Um, mostly because my roommate enjoys Doctor Who, and we've had episodes on several times, and I'd just I'd be walking by, and then I'd get engrossed because oh hey this is a this is an innovative story where oh look there the, there are there are two women in the adventuring party oh my god I or know. or at least two female identifying people in the adventuring yeah. party because from what I understand the Doctor's identity especially gender identity is kind of fluid to say the least yeah uh, let's just. That's a great segue. Let's just start getting into it. Yeah, go um, for it. So Doctor Who is a old BBC um, sci-fi drama, mm-hmm. um, and it's super campy and ridiculous, especially the further back you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but they keep that uh, today. Um, and it's about uh, this person called the Doctor, just the Doctor. And of course, in the show, anytime someone's like, the Doctor, Doctor Who, and then they look straight to the camera and <laughs> wink at you. <laughs> um, every time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, and so it's about the Doctor, and he is this species called a Time Lord. And mm-hmm. a long, long time ago, uh, the Time Lords uh, were... <laughs> Nope, that's the wrong sci-fi. <laughs> wrong sci-fi. Um, the Time Lords were fighting this um, other alien race called um, the Daleks. Mm-hmm. And um, very long story short, uh, they both blew each other up. No yeah. Daleks left, no Time Lords left. Yeah, mutually assured destruction. <laughs> yes, except the Doctor survived. And, spoiler alert, uh, so did a lot of Daleks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which... You know, sucks when you are the person who destroyed everything, including everybody you've ever known, um, and then it didn't even work. So that's mm-hmm. fun. Um, but anyway, so the Doctor is, um, especially when it gets, so actually, so the Time War happened mm-hmm. between like Classic Who and the reboot. So that's between whenever it ended in like two thousand nine mm-hmm. is when that happened, and then we can't come back to the Doctor. Fresh off the time war. Mm-hmm. Um, freshly regenerated, super traumatized, yeah. very curmudgeon y, mm-hmm. and um, just, you know, looking for an adventure and a distraction from the horrible atrocities that he committed. Mm-hmm. Which was for the best of the galaxy, anyway. I'm yeah. so deep into it. It's uh, okay. <laughs> it's been a while since I got to, like, talk about Doctor Who and I forgot how much I enjoy it. Um, That's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so, um, the sort of, like, uh, formula for the different seasons and episodes is that the Doctor flies around in his ship called the TARDIS, which stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space, uh, and it's basically just a time machine, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a time machine, uh, and it takes you from planet to planet, time mm-hmm. to time, whenever you want to go. Yeah, if you've if you've ever been in a hot topic, the TARDIS <laughs> is the blue police box that they that they splat on every merchandise they possibly can put it on. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks like a blue police box because. I don't need to go into this, but I will. Um, so there's a thing called the chameleon <laughs> circuit inside of the TARDIS that broke in like the first episode ever, like in 1963, um, and made it look like a blue police box forever. And it's supposed to like blend into whatever surrounding it's in, mm-hmm. but now it doesn't do that at all. Um, but anyway, uh, the doctor yeah. usually finds a companion somewhere, and that companion is usually a young, pretty girl. Uh, Almost Sometimes. always a young pretty girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, almost always a human. <laughs> also a human. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. Human from England somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they go on, like, crazy space adventures uh, and almost get killed, and it's just fun. Um, but a lot of, like, the really... So it's, it's super campy and crazy and silly uh, and stupid a lot of the time, but... Um, it can get really impactful and really emotional because it is like when you're dealing with like time travel and it's like consequences and people of the past and like being able to look at things from different perspectives like that gets really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, like uh, a lot of people cite this as the one of the best Doctor Who episodes of all time. Not the one I'm talking about today, but um, it's one where they go back in time to visit um, Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't seen that one. <laughs> it's really good. It's it's good out of context and everything. Okay. Um, but uh, they go back and visit Vincent Van Gogh, and they, you know, like, his paintings are wonderful, but at the time people don't appreciate him, mm-hmm. and they end up taking him in the TARDIS to present day to show him that his work becomes super appreciated, and, like, people love it so much. It's as a way to try and get him to not commit suicide. He ends yeah. up doing it anyway because it's just how time works. And because t- some depression sometimes isn't cured that easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, it's a very emotional, beautiful episode. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so Doctor Who can really touch your heart, touch my heart a bunch of times. Um, and... Uh, getting into my next little topic. Uh, my church is incredibly dorky. <laughs> um, yes. Like, it's changed a little bit since I've graduated youth group. Um, but my youth group was um, just a bunch of nerds. Like, if you liked sports, you were in the minority. And nobody huh. knew what you were talking about at all. Um, How refreshing. Because, yeah, right? It was all... Um, like, before my time, it was big, like, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, and then once I was starting to, like, when, when I was younger and in the middle of it, uh, it was, mm-hmm. like, Doctor Who and BBC Merlin and Sherlock and Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, only the really edgy kids watch Supernatural because... <laughs> and so, basically, uh, everyone was a big nerd, um, which was great because I was also a big nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made a lot of friends, and I actually... Like, you know, I don't remember almost any of, like, the sermons and teachings that they told us at youth group. Um, But one of them, like, a line that I remember so clearly is um, once, uh, like, we had a guest speaker come in who had recently graduated youth group and was, like, off to college and doing her own thing. She comes in and she's like, 
it was a good word for the record but she's like what if you all cared about like the bible and god as much as you care about doctor who like what if it was like a fandom like that and it was just like (laughs) (laughs) hello fellow teens (laughs) (laughs) but like and that was how you got to our hearts and to like make us actually like understand what you were saying it's like what if you you considered your faith like a like the same kind of passion as like a show that you're really into um which i still struggle with at the time i was like oh but the bible is like boring (laughs) yeah it doesn't have spacemen in it and time and space um but uh yeah so that's just a little window into (laughs) who how i grew up and who i how it made me the person I am today. <laughs> I mean, at this point, everyone's probably heard the episode where we had your dad on as a guest, so I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> That's true. At this point, I think it might be genetic. It, I, the nerdiness yeah. is genetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, uh, so I took a lot of notes uh in a very Christina fashion. Hey! Um, <laughs> about uh, the episode that I want to talk about. Um, and, like, it's just incredible. Stephen Moffat did write it, which sucks. But I'm going to chalk it up more to uh, God's influence on him than his yeah. <laughs> writing ability. This was a divine intervention mm-hmm. on yes. the work of one Stephen R. or whatever his middle initial is, <laughs> Moffat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, if first, if you want to go watch the episode first, I did find it on like Daily Motion pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, season eight or series eight, episode eleven, Dark Water. Okay, okay, is what we're talking about. Uh, and just to like catch you up to speed on what's happened in this season already, um, is uh, I think this is the first season of the Twelfth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's the Peter Capaldi is just regenerated, um, and they're really him and Clara are starting to really get in a groove of, you know, being friends again. Because when the Doctor regenerates, it's usually pretty jarring. Yeah, with companion. Um, but Clara is a kind of interesting case when it comes to companions because she doesn't. She's not a full time companion. She lives her own life, uh, wherever she lives, and just kind of calls the Doctor if she wants to have an adventure. Just has his number and calls huh. him on the cell phone and says, like, hey, doctor, can we, like, do something? I'm sad or whatever. She's, you know? she's a freelance companion. Pretty much, yeah. Um, which I think works out for both of them. It's, this might be testing our, our rating here, but is it is it more like freelancing? Is it more like a booty call? <laughs> uh, I If you wanted to call it a booty call, it's definitely more, um, like... The doctor is Clara's booty call. Like, yeah. She's calling him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's something like that for sure. Um, and so uh, when we open the episode, Clara is not on an adventure or anything. We can assume that it's probably been a little bit since she was on her last adventure. Um, and she is trying to call or she is calling. She's on the phone with her boyfriend, Danny Pink. Um, and she's looking at she's at her house he's walking towards her house and she's like i gotta tell you something and he's like i'm, I'm almost to your house just let me be over there and that'll be fine she's like no no i want to tell you on the phone and he's like okay and um she's trying to figure out how to tell him everything about the doctor and what she's experienced and like 
what she knows about the universe now just to like be honest with him because she's like getting really serious about like you know like being with him and everything it doesn't want to lie or anything yeah um so she's got these sticky notes all over the wall with like a bunch of different things she's learned from the doctor and different parts of it and one that just says just tell him and so she is like she's like i have a lot to tell you but i just want to say first i love you and you're going to be the last person who's ever going to hear that from me like i love only you and those words belong to you from me and it's very sweet Aww. Um, it's very sweet yeah um but danny uh who's been like replying to her the whole time doesn't reply to this at all it's just silent and clara's like sorry if that was weird i just you know just wanted i I love you i really do like yeah danny (laughs) like oh no um and a um a woman's voice is suddenly on the other line and she sounds really shaken up and um Clara's like, who's this? And she's like, I'm sorry, I just found the phone on the on the ground. It must have gotten thrown. And she's like, can you just give it back to Danny? I was talking to my boyfriend, Danny. And she's like, I'm so sorry. He was just walking across the street and the car it came out of nowhere. Danny um, got hit by a car pretty much across the street, down a block from her house and died. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's really messed up. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> so Clara is obviously really messed up about this. Like, she was talking to him when he died, and she he was right there, and it's yeah, just awful. And so we cut later to um, Clara, and she's um, she, the doctor. She's trying to call the doctor on her phone. You can see it on the caller ID, but it's just mm-hmm. ringing and ringing, and she's just standing there. Completely stone-faced, not moving, no emotion at all. And her grandmother, I think, comes in and is, like, um, trying to comfort her. And she's like, it was just a terrible thing that happened. I'm so sorry, honey. Like, you can cry about it if you need to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, we're here for you. It's going to be okay. It was just such a terrible thing. And Clara's like, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't a terrible thing. It was boring. She talks about how it was, like, it was an ordinary thing. It was such, like, an ordinary death for him Mm. and for her, who's, like, experienced so much with the doctor and stuff. She says, it was ordinary. People just walked by. He was alive, and then he was dead. Um, And her grandma's, like, Mm. still trying to help. And she's, she's, like, he deserved better, and so did you. And Clara's, like, no, I don't deserve. Nobody deserves anything. But I am owed better. I am owed. Hmm. And grandma's like, who owes you? And then the doctor picks up the phone and she acts like nothing happened. He's like, Clara, what's up? And she's like, oh, you know, nothing much. Uh, can we go on another adventure? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we'll just pause there for a second. Oh. Uh, I, yeah. I, like, right off the bat, I, this is, this is already into very deep material, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that Stephen R. Moffat or whatever does an adequate job of dealing with this extremely delicate and, like, emotionally deep situation that he's put himself in. <laughs> I'll let you be the judge of that by the end of the episode. <laughs> Duly noted. Proceed. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, just like I, um, there's like one line that made me want to go back to this episode, but when I was rewatching it, I didn't realize like how messed up Clara was, really. Mm-hmm. I forgot at least. Just like the, I think it's really easy for people to like feel like they're owed something like that. And just the way she said it was very haunting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the next, so then the opening credits play, do do do. Yeah, that was the cold um, open. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> uh, and the next bit is like cut up really weirdly in um the show, but I'm just gonna tell it chronologically. Okay. Um, so uh, the doctor picks up Clara. She comes into the TARDIS for an adventure. Uh, he says, where do you want to go? And she says, I want to see a volcano. And he's like, why would you want to see a volcano? That's so boring. She's like, I've never seen lava before. I just want to go see it. Um, yeah. And while she's talking, she's um, ditting or darting around the TARDIS, um, picking up the TARDIS keys that he has left everywhere. There's like one in a box. There's one in a book. She's just finding all of the secret keys Uh-oh. and taking them. Um, and, uh, she asks, she's like, can I get one of those sleeping patches from you? And he's like, uh, no, you can't. And she's like, but I really want one. And he's like, no. Um, and, uh, she, uh, finds a sleeping patch somewhere and smacks it on the back of his neck and knocks him out cold. Ooh. Uh, and we immediately, uh, cut to... The doctor is lying unconscious outside of the TARDIS, and they are on some kind of volcanic planet um, uh, on a cliff next to a pit of lava. Um, and he wakes up, uh, and Clara walks out of the like mist or the steam smoke, and um, she's holding seven TARDIS keys in her hand. And the key, I mean, that's how you turn, you get into the TARDIS, that's how you turn it on. Like, you can't yeah. function the TARDIS without these keys. Okay. Um, and she says, Danny Pink is dead. And the doctor's like, and? And she's like, are you kidding me? It's like, and? It's like, Danny Pink is dead, and I want you to fix it. I want you to bring him back. I don't care what you have to do. I just want you to fix it. And he says, I can't do that. And she takes one of the keys and throws it into the lava. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, he, uh, she's like, time can be rewritten. And he says, with precision, like, you can't just do whatever. It's just going to make a paradox. Like, if, if I change it now, if I go back and save him from ever dying, then you're never going to come here and tell me to change it. We're going to make a paradox and it's going to break everything. And your timeline's gonna get destroyed, and like you, you're not gonna survive if we do that. It's just ridiculous. And she throws another key into the lava. Oh no! And he tells her no again, and and they're arguing. And he says, "She's like, are you telling me no again?" And he said, "Yeah, throw the key." And she says. She's like, don't try to take control here. Like, I can see what you're doing. He's like, I am in control. He's getting upset. He's like, now do what you're told or stop threatening me. Those are your only two options. And she hesitates for a second. This is all paced much better in the show, I promise. Um, She hesitates for a second. And so at this point, she has one key in one hand and the rest of the keys 
in her other hand, um, like poised and ready to throw the one key. And she takes all of the keys from her other hand and throws them into the lava all at once. So there's wow. only one key left. And um, they start arguing and it escalates. And right as the doctor is lunging forward to take the key from her, he really doesn't think that she would throw it into the lava. Like, she can, he can tell that she's upset. He's like, I don't think you'll do it. And he like lunges forward to get it and she throws it into the lava. And Yikes. All of the keys are gone. Clara immediately like puts her hand over her mouth and starts sobbing. She's like, this this part gets me too. She's crying and she's on her knees and she's like, I'm I'd say I'm sorry, but I'd do it again. I'd do it again. She's like, why are you just standing there? Do you understand what I've done? Like, um, and she's just so sad. And you can tell the doctor's really sad too, but it's not, like, you can tell he's just sad for Clara, you know? He can just, like, feel how much mm-hmm. she hurts, and he didn't even realize how bad it was until she actually went through with her plan. Yeah, he's, he's um, being very empathetic to the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And so he says, kind of softly, he's like, look in your hand, Clara. He's like, she's like, the keys are gone. There's nothing in my hand. I threw them all away. And he's like, look in your hand. She's like, there's nothing in my hand. He says, look in your hand. (laughs) And she opens her palm and the sleeping patch is stuck on her palm. Uh, And it cuts to like a flashback where the doctor um, somehow, I guess, but without her noticing or something, uh, grabs her hand before she can put it on his neck and like moves her around so that it's actually on her palm um he takes off the patch and uh they've been in the TARDIS the whole time they Hmm. never they were never on that planet they were never in any danger Hmm. he never actually let her do any of that um Hmm. and all of the TARDIS keys are just on the ground (laughs) and he goes to pick them up And it was all a dream. <laughs> and uh, he says, like, I wanted to see. He's like, I let you do it exactly how you planned because I wanted to see how far you would go with it. And she's like, and uh, I guess you did, you did see that. And he's like, I sure, I sure did. <laughs> and she's like, so what happens now? Like, between us, like, what happens now? And he doesn't respond. She's like, doctor and he says go to hell and uh she's like that's fair that's more than fair okay i like in we'll pause for a second how how are you feeling (laughs) in in the clip that i watched i thought he said i thought that she i thought in the clip that i watched she was like doctor and he was like doctor who i don't remember him ever saying go to hell Oh, he definitely said go to hell and definitely didn't say Doctor Who. <laughs> okay. Okay. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> um, she's like, Doctor? And he says, go to hell. She's like, that's fair. That's more than fair. And, like, slowly and sadly, like, goes to leave the TARDIS and never see the Doctor again. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to the Doctor and he has this, like, puzzled look on his face and his head kind of quirks. He's like, Clara, like, you asked what we were going to do now, and I told you, we're going to go to hell. Whatever the afterlife is, like, I've 
every single culture has one. Um, I've always wanted to go looking for it, never did. But whatever an afterlife is, we're going to go find it. And if we can, we're going to save Danny. We're going to do everything in our power to save him. And she, her voice breaks. And this is like the most heartbreaking mm-hmm. scene. She's like, you're going to help me. And he says, well, why wouldn't I help you? She's like, because of what I did, I, you betrayed me. You betrayed our trust. You betrayed our friendship. You betrayed everything I've ever stood for. And you let me down. Then why are you helping me? Why? Do you think I care for you so little that you betraying me would make a difference? Uh, and I wrote here, Clara is emotional and I am too. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. like that line is just, it taps so clearly like a arrow, like right into the bullseye of like what unconditional love looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an unexpected reaction especially from a person like the doctor who's like kind of known to be angry and um yeah curmudgeonly who's done a lot of very like rain judgment upon the kind of things that from my Mm -hmm. perspective as someone who has only seen you know maybe 10 episodes total like i'm not quite used to like giant acts of mercy from the doctor Mm -hmm. he a lot of like we call it New Who, the reboot 2009 mm-hmm. to now. Um, a lot of <laughs> a lot of that has been um, uh, the doctor like working through his issues and um, figuring out how to be a good man again and to like consider himself a good man again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know these kinds of acts of mercy, um, like. It's not unexpected, I guess, but it's still just, um, you know, he's absolutely justified in kicking her out of the TARDIS and never, ever seeing her again, you know? But um, just, like, it's like, do you, do you think I care for you so little mm-hmm. that you betraying me would make a difference? Yeah. But, like, it's like, you betrayed everything about me? You disappointed me? Like... I'm upset that you did that, but, like, I love you, and that's never going to change anything. Like, you could do the worst thing you could ever think of to do to me. I'm Mm -hmm. still going to love you no matter what. And I think, you know, I think that that's a universal concept, not even just with, like, the Christian God, but, like, like any of these, like, um, I think most, like, gods are... Most higher powers. Yeah. Like, unconditional love is kind of, like, a part of most of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just so impactful to see. And um, they, uh, you know, make a plan to go try and find Danny mm-hmm. somehow. And Clara says something. She says, uh, I don't deserve a friend like you. And the doctor says, uh, Clara, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm exactly what you deserve. i I just love it so much Mm -hmm. um and yeah so like i that scene like whenever i need to think about like like you know like i if i ever have like doubts about like my faith or about like god caring about me or anything like that like this is a scene that i look back to to like just illustrate how much 
like God loves his creation, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's a very uh, impactful episode to me. Yeah. Um, there's uh, just a little bit more about that episode because they um, yeah, go for start it. talking about the afterlife and stuff. I, do you have any, like, anything to say? I mean, I honestly, I don't have a lot of thoughts other than the that aren't things that you already expressed. Sure, sure. That's Because from... From my perspective of someone who hasn't seen this episode and doesn't have a lot of context outside of that one scene, like, yeah, I think I think that kind of a sacrifice is really powerful. Or maybe not that kind of like a sacrifice, but that kind of commitment, like that, yes, you did something that was absolutely terrible, but I'm still going to help you. Like, yes, that is and that is an incredible that is an incredibly powerful move. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's genuine, which in this case I'm assuming that it is. Yes. Um <laughs> it's Part of me is still kind of like, okay, well, maybe like, I, I to me, I wonder if it maybe has like, if her if her betrayal has quite as much weight because it was, you know, it was all a dream. It wasn't something that like actually, I to me, I feel like that would have been like much much more impactful if she if if she had actually done that betrayal in the real world instead of in a simulation instead of mm-hmm. the matrix where there's actual mm-hmm. where there would be actual ramifications for it but i understand maybe why it was done in that way i think it just maybe would have been more interesting if it had been real mm-hmm. i think uh the reason it wasn't is because Stephen moffat wouldn't have known how to um it's like, okay, well, the doctor doesn't have any keys to the TARDIS anymore. Um, Just go to Walmart. It's fine. They make keys <laughs> for, like, four bucks. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. But, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's also a little bit more impactful when, like, you see the episode for the first time and you don't realize that it's going to be a dream the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're just, like, because I remember watching it and I was just, like, slack-jawed in awe. I was like what is happening right now? Like, how could she do this? It's crazy. Spoiler alert, I don't love Clara as a character very much. Yeah. I liked her a lot because she was, I, initially I was like, oh, she's the first, like, brunette companion I've ever seen. Like, I love her. Um, No. She's, she's just, she's very impulsive like that and I just don't. um, She seems like she very much so falls into the manic pixie dream girl stereotype. Maybe, maybe maybe not quite as whimsical, but very much so, like, like, I'm just here to do crazy random things, and then we have to deal with the ramifications later. Yeah, definitely. She, yeah, it's, like, there's another part in the episode where, um, this episode gets, I, I didn't, <laughs> so, skipping to the very end, uh, this all triggers a, um, alien invasion somehow. Of course. Um, Doctor Who. We don't need to get into, like, the specifics of it because it's deep. Um, but um, at one point, Clara, um, they really, they do find Danny somewhere. Like, his consciousness is somewhere. Um, and uh, they get in contact, but they're not sure that it's actually Danny or if, like, the aliens or whatever, like, um, like just read her, like, mind and, like, picked Danny out of it and just, like, made some weird simulation or something. Yeah. Um, and so she's trying to, like asking questions like that only he would be able to answer Mm -hmm. he's kind of panicking and can't answer them 
Um, and he's just keeps saying, he's like, I love you. Like that. Cause that's all he can think to say. Cause he's like, he realizes he's dead. Yeah. And this is his girlfriend and this is his last chance to talk to her. And all he can think to say is, I love you. Of course. I'll probably be in the same situation. Yeah. Um, and Clara's like, she just gets really like pissed. Yeah. She gets really mad. And she's like, I was like, don't say that again. Just answer my questions, please. Like, if you say I love you one more time, I'm going to hang up this call. <laughs> and and he says I love you again. And she hangs up the call. It's like, you don't actually do it, Clara. Oh, What's your problem? No. You just threatened. Like, it's, this is part of, this is, this was Stephen Moffat's doing. This wasn't God. <laughs> <laughs> This wasn't divine influence. Steven, like, she literally just betrayed one of her closest friends in the whole universe who has shown her unconditional love. And, like, she could have absolutely destroyed their trust and his entire life. Uh, but because she, because her boyfriend's not saying the things that she wants her to, him to... Uh, he, she just hangs up the phone after all that they've been through trying to get there. <sighs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, but um. Anyway, uh, so the last th- yeah. So the last thing I wanted to say, just because it was kind of interesting and like yeah. in our ballpark, um, is that um obviously they go and try and find the afterlife, and so I thought them talking about that was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and like the way that they uh combat it. Um, and so, uh, the afterlife ends up being this weird, um, spoiler alert, it's not actually the afterlife, it's an alien thing. Alien, Um, alien repository of the minds of humans (laughs) that die or something. Yeah, it's like... Because you can't write actual heaven or hell or an afterlife. No, that would be, yeah. That's Um, ridiculous. Well, how could the TARDIS get there? <laughs> but um, maybe if you pray yeah. real hard. Mm-hmm. If you don't know anything about Doctor Who, just don't listen to what I'm about to say. But I'll explain it. Um, so it's basically like this Time Lord technology that somebody has. Um, they're using it to like take the consciousness of um, recently deceased people and putting it into this computer, basically. Okay. And then they're taking the like their consciousness and putting it into um uh cybermen bodies which are like big robots yeah basically yeah if you've seen um, a silver robot with doctor who that's a cyberman right yeah and they're gonna take over the world and it's they basically it's kind of confusing exactly how this works but they basically like everybody who's died in the last like anybody who's died basically they found their like consciousness somewhere and um turned all of their bodies into cybermen and so like the big baddie is like yeah the dead outnumber the living that's pretty scary what if they all turned into cybermen oh so that's the problem i have to deal with but yeah watch the next episode and i probably won't so um but anyway so the afterlife or what they like think is the afterlife is like this computer and when they're inside of it, it looks like this big, um, it's like if you were inside of a planet and, like, everything around it was, um, like a huge city. It's like if you were inside of Coruscant. Yeah. In Star Wars. Yeah, um, or, like, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of, because, like, I I remember seeing a reference, but, like, like, take a planet's surface, but then you just, like, invert it. 
Yes, yes, exactly. So, like, you're on the inside of a sphere, and then the cities are all around the outside, around the shell of the sphere, but they're just on the inside part as opposed to the outside crust. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, it's a big city, and um, Danny, like, wakes up in this, like, office building, basically. Um, and uh, he's, like, just sitting at a desk. And Stanley walks in. to the door. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley had a job that he was very happy with, but one day... <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we to, we should talk about the Stanley Parable at some point. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll put that on the list later. Anyway, what you what you were saying about Danny wakes up in an office? <laughs> yeah, um, and like this guy in a suit comes in. He's like explaining that like he's dead and asking him these like questions and having him fill out paperwork. Oh no, is he in the good place? Uh, <laughs> kind of. It's I I said it was time war technology, and they're just in a yeah. computer, and none of it's real. Um, but this guy explains the afterlife to Danny because he just isn't really, it's hard to comprehend. Comprehend. And so, uh, this guy in the suit, um, describes afterlife. He's like, so imagine what it would be like if babies, like, in their mother's womb had phones and they could talk to other babies in the womb. And Danny's like, what the, what are you talking about right now? And the guy's like, well, think about it. Like, what would life be to those babies? Like, for their concept of life would be that it's nine months long. And then at the end of it, a chute opens and they're just gone. And there's nothing at the end of the cord. They're just gone forever. And you have no idea where this person went. Like, as far as you know, as a baby, they died. Like, if you were connected to all of the different wombs and stuff. And so he's like, it's it's pretty much like that. Like, you on Earth as a person living, like, in that reality don't have a concept of what would be after that because you've never seen it and nobody's ever come back to tell you what it was um and so like this isn't he was saying that it's not really an afterlife that we're in it's more it's just more life than you were expecting huh yeah huh so i wouldn't say i agree with 100 percent. i just thought it was kind of an interesting posture yeah no that is that is a very interesting way to think about all of that mm-hmm Stephen Moffat is great at moments. Yeah. But when he tries to write, like, overarching uh, stories or mm-hmm. uh, female characters, then he, he falters. I have a great place for him to go write, then. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, go back and write some Power Rangers circa Lost Galaxy? <laughs> That's plenty of guys and plenty of moments and not an overarching storyline, or so I've there heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much all I had to talk about specifically with Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Just, um... Well, at least with this particular Doctor Who. With this mm-hmm. particular instance of it. Oh yeah, for sure. I think if I had more time and rewatched it or something, there I'm sure there's more moments. Um, oh and yeah. Things that have touched me throughout my life, but that's all I got for right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I don't remember if we do, like, do we still do that kind of, like, how well do you think this is a is a portrayal of, like, faith? Oh, yeah. Do we still do we that? We still do it. Um, I don't believe Chris, or Stephen Moffat is a Christian by any means or a person of faith at all. Um, so, and I, I wouldn't say Doctor Who is a great portrayal of, um, like, any kind of religion, really, but mm-hmm. it does... Um, posture a lot of questions that are interesting to ponder 
Uh, and it's just kind of fun. So I would still recommend it, but maybe not as a spiritual thing the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe if you're wanting to get theology or, like, faith or even religious discussion out of Doctor Who, maybe mm-hmm. do it under a guided context, like, with someone who's deliberately going to be, like, leading you through it. That kind of a thing. Sure. Yeah. It's really, it's not there that often. It's really not. It, most of it's just, I mean, I'm, you can find it anywhere you want, really, but, like, yeah. most of it's just campy sci-fi nonsense, and a lot of it is, like, pretty anti-religion in, in general. Um, yeah. Because it's made by the BBC. <laughs> yeah, which um, is probably a pretty secular organization, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, uh, any last final thoughts before we go into the wrap-up? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Is is this the last time that you are going to want to talk about Doctor Who on the show? Will there be more Who in the future? Uh, I, I don't want to promise anything, um, because I'm very bad at keeping promises a lot of the time. But, um, hopefully. Okay. I think of something else. Or someone else wants to come on and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like... I feel like maybe Lindsay had an episode she wanted to talk about. Uh, I'll have to. We'll, we'll have to check the doc later. But mm-hmm. anyway, okay. Pull up the doc for the wrap up. Faithful is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pippa, and other places where podcasts are found. Our theme song is "Start of Something Beautiful," courtesy of Katza. We can be reached through an email at faithful with two L's pod at gmail.com or through our Twitter at faithful with two L's pods with an S. And since we are a podcast, it is always extremely helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice and maybe recommend us to a friend or two. So for, uh, I guess for this episode, first episode of 2020, uh, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. <laughs> okay. Uh, you good to sync? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Great. I'm not used to being on the other end. I'm used to no, starting and sinking. We do that before. <laughs> starting off 2020 on a new note. <laughs> this is my year. I start the sinking. I mean, if you want, we can definitely do that. <laughs> it's fine.